0: Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skollrude. <laughs> okay, everybody, welcome
1: to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Justin Skollrude. With me is always your founder, Ryan Skollrude. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Ryan, to everybody. Hi, everybody. And then with us tonight... We have Greg with us, joining us for a mock draft episode tonight, doing a standard mock draft. Say hi to the people, Greg. Hello.
0: How's
1: everybody Uh, doing? (laughs) And once again, we're going to be doing a standard mock draft tonight. We're also going to be doing a little bit of news and notes. There's not a lot to cover within the last week, but there are a few pieces that we will go over, Uh, and then we will be announcing the winner of our... Our Twitter competition, or or what would you? Not a competition, but it was, our, our it Twitter. Was a, it was a
2: since we since we hit one thousand uh, followers officially on Twitter, uh, we decided to celebrate and have a little retweet contest um, for people to retweet a, a certain thing that we put up, um, and the winner who um, I put all all the entrants, which I think we had like twenty five or so. All the entrants on to like a randomizer and uh, whoever ended up at the top uh, wins the sweatshirt. And we will contact them to have a Skull King hoodie sent out to them. So,
1: And so uh, before we get too uh, far into this, we do want to uh, list the sponsor uh, for the show in the Vox DFS. They're going to be sponsoring our news and notes section here. Vox DFS Firelines is one of the industry leaders in consulting and providing DFS Lines for just about any sport or platform. There is currently a, a major special currently going on where you can subscribe to their information only $25 a month to get draft lines for pretty much any sport MLB, NASCAR, NFL, MLS, PGA. Uh, whether you prefer to play on Yahoo, DraftKings, or FanDuel, Vox has lineup experts. To help you pull in cash, Vox DFS consultants will teach you to bankroll, teach you bankroll management, to learn uh, what contests to play and when, so you don't overextend yourself. Once again, go to voxdfs.com. That's v o k s d f s dot and tell them that Skull King Football sent you. And now on into our news and notes. Uh, we're going to start uh, with the Seattle Times. Bob Kindota believes that Lacey and Rawls will take a fairly equal share of base down carries this year. Ryan, does this surprise you? What's your initial reaction um, here living in Seattle and hearing that from Bob Kindota?
2: I think that Bob Kindota is just covering all bases because no one has the slightest clue of who will actually be the lead back going into the year. So I think it's safe to say that for at least now, they will split carries. So that's, I mean, that, that's the only, the only reason that I can say that, you know, that they'll have an equal share. I really think that, personally, I think that Lacy will be the starter unless he goes down. I don't see Rawls taking over that position, but that's, that's just me. I really think it'll be Lacy um, and, and Rawls will be, the, uh, will be the secondary guy for base down.
1: Yeah, I mentioned this off show, and I'll, I'll mention it here. Uh, the funniest tweet I saw today was that CJ ProSize is one rolled ankle in one uh, Chinese extra value meal away from becoming the only back in town. Maybe Chinese extra value meal was not the, the proper language, but they, essentially they it was a roll. F- yeah. They're a an egg- yeah. Egg. yeah. they're, they're one um, egg roll and ankle roll. Away from CJ Pro, so CJ Pro being the only back in town. Um, But moving on, uh, this is an interesting note coming out of Jets camp is that uh, Connor Hughes of New York Jets Advanced Media's um, expects Matt Forte to be the Jets' offensive workhorse this season, Greg. Um, me and Ryan have talked a little bit about this in, in our thoughts of where Matt Forte and Will Powell stand, but what are your initial thoughts on this report coming out of Jets camp?
3: Um, I think that's the thing that they, they basically have to do. I mean, ultimately you, you want to think that Forte is going to have something in the tank or whatever at the start of the year. Um, he deserves some level of respect, uh, and it doesn't deserve to start the year behind, uh, Bilal Powell for for any reason um, but whether or not Forte is really quote unquote a workhorse by the time you even get through five games of the season I would think would be a, a miracle the guys can get absolutely killed on that team um, so I don't see him lasting in that that workhorse role I think it's a, a, pub, a public statement of just saying who's the guy in the room but it's, it's not going to mean anything long term he I, I don't think he's going to last a season
1: yeah, those were mine and Ryan's initial thoughts as well. Jets uh, are almost better to lose and see what they can get out of a younger talent like Bilal Powell, who isn't that much younger. Currently, only twenty. It's currently 28 years old and not that much younger than Forte himself. But on to Redskid's camp. Coach Jay, Gruner, Jay Gruden gushed about Jameson Crowder. Uh, he's an excellent, dynamic player and continues to prove every day why we like him so much. Um, considering he's the only wide receiver returning in the starting lineup for the Washington Redskins, does this mean anything, Ryan? No. I mean, yes, he's a, dy- he's a dynamic player. I still think that Terrell Pryor. Will so be- is every player at the NFL level.
2: He will become, <laughs> he will become, uh, I think Pryor will become the number one. Crowder will remain the number two, kind of a slot guy. he, he can run the Percy Harvin type of role because of his speed, uh, his agility. Um, he's used, I mean, he's their main guy between, um, you know, between the 20s, really. He's not going to score touchdowns for the most part unless it's, a, unless it's something that he's broken away on, um, a big PPR target. So I think that um, really, I mean, he yes, he's a dynamic player and he will be used, but I don't think he'll be the number one. Uh, PPR i think he'll be he'll be a very solid um guy uh especially if in leagues that have uh return yards so
1: yeah interesting to note that Terrell Pryor did work out with Antonio Brown this offseason uh to improve his game obviously Antonio Brown one of the top 3 wide receivers in the league if not the uh top receiver in the league so there i do expect a little bit better from Terrell Pryor but um He's still only going to be a second-year receiver. Incredibly fast, incredibly talented. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, Cam Newton made his first throws uh, two days ago after shoulder surgery in the offseason. That's something to kind of be aware of. Um, is Cam Newton really even on your radar uh, based
3: off of last season
1: for what you're looking to do in your drafts, Greg?
3: I think he's still, um, you know, a top 10 quarterback. I I would expect more from him this year uh, than last year. I think the draft and and getting um, uh, McCaffrey and Samuel from from Ohio State, I I think that's going to add, you know, a lot of depth to that offense. And that's only going to benefit him. So I would expect more uh, from Cam Newton this year. And I think he's going to get drafted a lot later. Ah, uh, because of last year's performance, so he's he's going to be a relative value, I think, this year.
1: Ah, uh, moving on. Um, a little bit of bad news for Michael Floyd. Uh, he was sentenced to one day in jail. Uh, Vikings are standing behind him and keeping him due to a report. Uh, but do you believe Ryan that Michael Floyd will even see the field this year? No. He uh, he might, uh,
2: but I mean, he's got he's got. Two, three guys – I mean, he's got uh, Diggs ahead of him, who's their number one. Thielen, who had a solid year last year, who developed a real good chemistry with Bradford, especially over the second half of the season. You've got Kyle Rudolph as the tight end, and you've got Laquan Treadwell, who is their, uh, one of their top – I want to say who's was their first-round pick uh, in 2016, who right now has been running as the number three wide receiver. So where's Michael Floyd going to be with that injury? So. yeah. I just – I don't I don't see it. So, Justin, you skipped a story that I think that we should cover.
1: <laughs> the Alshon Jeffery thing, I didn't think it was that much news. Uh, is that what you were referring to? Yes, just so, just so that Greg and I can laugh about it. Okay, Eagles wide receivers coach Mike Gross said that Alshon Jeffery had his best offseason since 2013. <laughs> um, meaning he didn't get injured, I guess. <laughs> I'll let you guys go to this. I'll, I'll let Greg kind of – get on his um, low horse, I guess, on the Bears. It's not a high horse.
3: <laughs> well, what is a, a – yeah, I mean, what is – what is a – passes for a great offseason? I mean, you're not – if you don't – if you're not photographed on the beach being fat um, or, you're not, or you're not, you know, drunk behind the wheel um, or you don't get in some other kind of legal fracas, I mean, what else is the measure of an offseason? I mean, do you, like, catch more balls playing in the backyard with some neighborhood kids? I mean, how are you measuring what the heck he did in the off season? Without quantifying it, it doesn't make any sense.
2: No. Ryan, we, Any other pieces to add? Really, I just wanted to bring it up because um, <laughs> in, in the title of our of our wide receiver tears um, podcast, I actually what was it? I called it um, you know you know wide receiver news, NFL news, and why we hate Alshon Jeffrey.
3: Right. (laughs) Yeah,
2: because we have him. We have him ranked so much lower than so many people because everyone thinks, well, this will be a new opportunity for him. Last year, he showed that he couldn't be in number one. Then he got in. He was he dealing with a little bit of injury, and then he gets suspended for PEDs. I can't remember which one it was. We always just suspect that or all because that seems to be what everyone's on nowadays.
1: Yeah, that's that's the go-to if you failed because they can just say that's what it is, and it's the least um, of a faux pas in public eye.
2: Yeah, so so you know you've got you've got that. They didn't work because he still wasn't having all that great of a season. Now he didn't have a much, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of quarterback help. Um, but even with even with uh, with Cutler, he wasn't doing. You know, I didn't see much out of him. And then uh, God, who was uh, who took over from the guy that's now in San Francisco, Hoyer, Hoyer. Um, you know, Hoyer just wanted to throw the ball to to Cameron Meredith. So. Because
3: he, yeah, because he catches the ball. And I, you know what? It just came to me who Alshon Jeffrey is. Like, if you think back, like in movies, like every once in a while, they'll, be, they'll feature some actress. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this actress starts getting role after role after role. And they try to feature her in these roles where she's supposed to be like the attractive one that men are drawn to her. And you look at her and you're perplexed. And you're like, but why? Why did they cast her? Like there was that girl in like some of those teen movies and she had like a big forehead. And I don't know what her name was, but they kept thrusting her out there. And it's like, that's how Alshon Jeffrey has been thrust upon us. He's one of these faux leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey.
2: Oh, uh, this is this is making this is making for for gold for when we redo our intro and have everyone we can go with that quote yeah. that'll that that may be Alshon your.
1: Jeffrey is the random girl you see the, so at the Circle K. The Circle okay.
2: K. That that may be yours, Greg.
3: Right behind the ca- <laughs> behind the counter too. I'm not talking about in line. I mean, every once in a while you get lucky there, but I'm talking about behind the counter. <laughs> How much time do you spend at Circle K, Greg? Actually, I'm there quite a bit. <laughs> uh, our last
1: piece of of news. Uh, came out today, former Bills running back Carlos Williams has been suspended by the NFL for a period of at least one year. Um, Ryan, you take it here. I, I don't know much to say other than I'm not surprised.
2: And Justin he's he-
1: had some off-the-field issues. Um,
2: there we go. Um Sorry, Justin, you froze up a little bit there. That's all right. Um, really, Carlos Williams has just had trouble. Um, you know, put on a whole, you know, had a great season his rookie year, being the backup for LaShawn McCoy. Um, had like a streak of like six or eight consecutive games with a touchdown. Everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. And then, you know, the off season happens and his his girlfriend gets pregnant. And he puts on a whole bunch of sympathy weight, and then he has to deal with a what was it a drug suspension? And so then the Bills cut him. He goes somewhere else. I think it was the Steelers. The Steelers give him a shot. You know, I think they cut him. They end up cutting him too. And then now you've got this. I think this is. I mean, this is. I think this is it for him. I don't think. He, I don't think Carlos Williams is coming back. Which is a shame because
1: he really he really showed a lot of talent and a lot of, a lot of spark that first year. Yeah, he was only drafted in 2015. So it's not like this is a guy who's, who's been in the league for a little bit and then had issues. I, I'm hoping it's not the last we see of him because he's still young. And I'm hoping that this suspension kind of wakes him up a little bit um, and, and can get a little bit of some life-changing uh, going on. Uh, much like someone like an Austin Safarian Jenkins has, has managed to turn his life around a little bit um, after having some alcohol issues. But hopefully, uh, things can turn around for him. And so, uh, moving on, Ryan, how about you get into the, the Twitter competition and announcing who our winner is? All right. So, uh,
2: what we did here on on Twitter is uh, we officially hit 1,000 followers um, which we had been stuck a lot lower than that for a long time. And so we you know, did our best to really get into um, what was going on um, and, and, and getting as many people uh, involved as possible. So um, we ran a Twitter contest uh, for you to retweet um, the tweet that we had up about our sweaters, our, our hoodies, with the hashtag Skull King Nation to qualify. We had 25 people do that. And so, um, after putting all those names into random.org, our Twitter winner is, um, at door guy 11, which let me make sure I've got him right. I believe
1: we got a name there.
2: Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's Leafs nation sensation. He's a Canadian, he's a Canadian follower. Uh, who's really Yay, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Go Canada. So, um, so I will be, um, since I'm pretty sure he's probably not actually listening right now, I will make sure to um, direct message uh, direct message him so that uh, we can get his address and get that sent out to him um, as soon as possible. And so real quick, um, I'll go ahead and make, you know, since we're going to be doing another giveaway here soon, um, the next giveaway, since I actually have it right in front of me, it's not this one. It's this one um, for this. I think we'll do it, Justin. I think we'll do this one at the the end of this next month since we were kind of figuring out when we want to do this. Um, the next giveaway will be a signed T.Y. Hilton picture. And we've even got on the back the certificate of authenticity. So this is, you know, so that you will know officially this is not just some, you know, one of us scribbling on a picture of T.Y. Hilton that this has actually been, you know, witnessed that T.Y. Hilton officially is the one who signed this. And we'll be doing that as a giveaway. We're still figuring out how we want to give that away and what we want to do, you know, how we want to how we want to put that giveaway together. But at the end of next month, the winner of whatever giveaway we're doing, um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be getting a, a signed picture of T.Y. Hilton. So,
1: Uh, One last piece of of a shameless plug for the website. Uh, You can support the show for as little as a dollar through our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash Nation. You can also visit it through the website uh, at skullkingfootball.com and click the join us or join, yes, the join us tab uh, and visit over to the page. Uh, You can support the show there as well as see some other content, uh, additional content there. Uh, as well as monthly giveaways uh, to guarantee your spot in case you don't see some of the things that are on Twitter and those kinds of things. But before uh, we get too late into this, let's get into our mock draft. Um, breakdown of our mock draft uh, roster positions. We do have one quarterback, uh, and these are the, the starting positions, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one Flex, which would be a wide receiver, running back, or tight end, one defense, one kicker, and then six bench spots. I did click randomize and we got the fourth draft position. This is also a standard draft, not a PPR, uh, snake um, selection. Uh, and as it is loading, we are using the draft wizard uh, by fantasypros.com. It is a great tool and I highly advise. Um, using it for a lot of your drafts moving up. And so as we get into this, um, as a standard draft, three running backs were taken first. David Johnson was taken first overall, Le'Veon Bell second, and Ezekiel Elliott third, which leaves Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and LaShawn McCoy as the top four. Um, Ryan, I'll let you uh, start on who you think we should go with. And then uh, really quickly go to Greg, and then I'll wrap up really quickly, and then we'll come to a consensus on who we pick.
2: I really think that this one's pretty much pretty easy, that it, Antonio Brown is the best pick to go with on this one. So, um, you know, some people can argue Odell Beckham Jr. I think that he may, he may still have um, a little bit of competition with Sterling, with Sterling Shepard and Brandon Marshall coming in. Yeah, that could clear things up for Odell. I still I still am a little more
3: sure on uh, Antonio Brown. So, What about you, Greg? I'm 100% Antonio Brown right there.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, so Antonio Brown is our first pick. Um, we have selected him. Those that went after him, Julio Jones, Odo Beckham Jr., Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Evans, uh, Jordy Nelson, for some reason, the draft simulator has paused.
2: Gotta <laughs> love it when it does that.
1: Yeah. Is it still paused? Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Hey, we love technical difficulties. Yes. It can't be the Wi Fi because I'm still on the show. <laughs> you haven't for completely frozen yet. Yeah, for I haven't frozen box. yet.
2: No. Um, yeah, so it's not we're not having a Wi-Fi issue here.
3: Oddly enough, I ran a mock draft on this uh, when we were setting up the show. I got the number one pick, uh, but the number four pick was Antonio Brown. <laughs> is it still frozen, Justin?
1: It is still frozen, Ryan. How about you take uh, set it up on your end? Okay, so and then uh, we'll have you take it because um it's not wi-fi it may just be technical difficulties on my end but to avoid future technical difficulties why don't we just uh send it over to you all
2: right let me uh then let me read this uh make sure we've got this all set up again. and
1: the fourth pick again
2: which i'm assuming would be antonio brown again i'm gonna i'm gonna guess so 12 snake regular standard all right all experts One, two, two, one, one flex. All right, so here we go. So Le'Veon Bell, yeah, (laughs) Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott are the first three picks. So um, obviously Antonio Brown is going to be our pick at number four. So there we go. And who knows it? Oh man, I'll bet it's the draft simulator. Are you kidding me?
1: That this is what's freezing up on us tonight? The 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 one website we use for mock draft has now gone down.
3: <laughs> hey, it's not us. Woo! Well, I'll put. I mean, if you want, like I said, I got the board up here. I can go from Antonio Brown. We just wouldn't be making picks, but we can debate what pick was made for us and what was around it.
2: Yeah, we could. Oh, we could do that. Uh, Although
3: that 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 might kind of suck, but
2: yeah, come on.
3: Are you guys in the technology hub that is Seattle? Yes. Yeah. Always impressed me how lousy that reception I had with anything I was doing up in Seattle technology was. But that's just a sidebar item, you know, to kind of fill the space as we wait for you guys to All right. negotiate these challenging waters.
2: I got it. I got it. Here we go. All right. So... Um, in the, After we took Antonio Brown, the next picks were Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, so four wide receivers off the board. Then LaShawn McCoy, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman rounds out uh, the first round. To, so then for the second round, uh, DeMarco Murray, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Jay Ajayi, Leonard Fournette goes in the middle of the second round before Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was uh, taken number six. Marshawn Lynch number seven and Todd Gurley number eight so here's what we have so far uh, what we have left over so we have all the quarterbacks left running backs we have Lamar Miller Isaiah Crowell Carlos Hyde um, wide receiver we have Des Bryant Amari Cooper Doug Baldwin um, all of our tight ends are available so uh, for me I mean I'm probably at this point just with the way it's shaping out I could go des Bryant I could also go Lamar Miller I could go either way so um, you know I'm not going I'm not going uh, running or I'm not going tight end yet so Greg what do you, what do you got
3: I for me this I mean I, I took um, I, I would take a quarterback at this spot I mean I, I there's no way I think I could justify taking any of those names over the top two quarterbacks which are brady and Rodgers, and that's who do you like better i personally think brady's gonna have a monster season so i would actually take my quarterback here
2: see this this is where this is where three people doing a mock draft all of the draft
1: strategies completely explode mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh because for for me i i think there's quarterback value Much deeper, and I like to grab uh, a little bit better players in the wide receiver and and running back position here. Uh, I like Lamar Miller uh, for as much as he had his issues last year. Um, I still think he's the number one back there um, with the quarterback situation the way it is. He's still a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and be an option uh, to catch and run, to get yardage. Uh, they fed him the rock a lot. So I like Lamar Miller here currently. Uh, um, I think it's a little early on Crowell. As much as I like Crowell, I'd be fine with that. Uh, but with it being a standard, I like to grab a running back here.
2: Ryan? I almost want to go with Greg just because I never do that. I never grab a quarterbacker. Let,
1: let's do it. Let's see what it does. Uh,
2: personal I guarantee you, note,
3: it'll pull, pull Rodgers right after him as soon as you do it. Uh, personal
1: note, uh, just as I know we'll get to draft strategy later in, in the season, later into July, but you want, for me, you want to draft and see how things will go based off of maybe you go a wide receiver, wide receiver, and then see how your draft goes out the rest of the way through and how you would pick later on in rounds. I've never drafted a quarterback so high. Let's see what it does, and and maybe we go quarterback here.
2: All right, so we're going Brady. Yeah, let's go Brady.
1: There it is, drafted Brady. I would definitely go Brady over Rodgers.
2: All right, so what do you know? Rodgers came next. So after (laughs) – um. So after no, not even close. Really? Wow. Sort of, sort of close. So after Tom Brady went, Des Bryant, then Rob Gronkowski. I still think that's way too early to take a tight end, including Rob Gronkowski. Then yes. Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey led off the third round. Aaron Rodgers was the second pick in round three, and Lamar Miller went third pick in round three. So what we have left so far, we have Tom Brady as our quarterback, and Antonio Brown as our wide receiver. Um, What is being suggested for us is um, Isaiah Crowell um, and Carlos Hyde are the top two running backs. Um, Top two wide receivers are Doug Baldwin and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Um, Plus, and then you go tight end is Travis Kelsey and Jordan Reed. For me, um, I don't go Isaiah Crowell here. And the main reason is all three of our players would then have a round or a week nine bye. now I usually say, you know, don't worry about bye weeks because, but for now I know that there are some that do. So, you know, uh, I personally, I, I would go with Doug Baldwin. I think there are some other running backs that I like a little bit later that we could get. That's personally me. So
3: Greg, I would go at that spot with, uh, with Deandre Hopkins. Um, I, I like what, He's going to produce this year uh, with ultimately a better quarterback situation. Uh, you know, get get Tom Savage P.I. out of the way um, and get Deshaun Watson in there. And I think uh, Hopkins ends up having a really nice year. Um, that's that's the way I would see it.
1: Jesse? Uh, I have no problem going Hopkins there. He will have a better year this year and – If we look at where his draft status was last year, he was one of the top four or five wide receivers taken.
2: He was going like 11 or he was going like 11 between 11 and 14 overall.
1: Yeah, overall. And so the talent is there. The value is there. And I think getting him as the third pick in standard, a lot of people don't like getting running backs as late as we're taking them. But I like the upside there with that choice.
2: All right, so we're taking DeAndre Hopkins. So we have both of our wide receivers, and we've got Tom Brady. All right, so let's see. After we took DeAndre, wow, after we took DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks went off the board. Then Isaiah Crowell, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin didn't go until 3-8. Christian McCaffrey, then Carlos Hyde, Mike Gillisley, and Demarius Thomas round out round three. Uh, round four, Drew Brees, Travis Kelsey, Jordan Reed back to back. Sammy Watkins, Legarrette Blunt, Joe Mixon, Terrell. Way Pryor. too early. <laughs> Terrell Pryor and Spencer Ware. So, really, we need to, we need to start looking at, at, at uh, running back. So, our our running back options at this point are C.J. Anderson and Ty Montgomery. Um, we also have out there so far Mark Ingram and Eddie Lacy and Tevin Coleman. Um, and the, I mean, just in case I, we've got Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham as the top two tight ends out there. We already have our quarterback. So, um, personally, I think I think going with um, uh, possibly C.J. Anderson simply because he's, um, you know, the the Denver offense is working is going to have to go through the running back. They've improved their offensive line uh, with their draft. Um, So that would probably be, I mean, if it were a PPR league, I would probably go Ty Montgomery instead. Um, But, you know, that's, that's me. So I think we could go CJ Anderson pick up, you know, one or two other, you know, another guy a little bit later, uh, maybe with our next pick who could really help us out. So.
3: For me, at this point, there's a lot of names there that have a lot of tarnish on them. You know, the argument for C.J. Anderson has basically been the same argument for a while and it hasn't really panned out.
2: No.
3: Um, Tad Montgomery, again, is a good, a good guy in a PPR league, but not this route. The guy that I would see at this pick that has, and it's going to sound early, but is going to have a better opportunity to carry the ball is, is Dalvin Cook. I would go with him here.
2: Down at 24, you'd put him over Mark Ingram, Eddie Lacy, or Tevin Coleman?
3: I would because Mark Ingram is going to be just giving up something to Adrian Peterson. They didn't just sign him to, you know, have a free bobblehead night. Uh, C.J. Anderson, for the reasons I said, Ty Montgomery. I mean, there's who has a better chance to start and actually maybe be, you know, is he the front runner for Rookie of the Year? No, but does he maybe have a better argument for, you know – contributing more than those other guys i think he does who else is going to run the ball there they got no running back well here's here's a thought
2: well justin go ahead and give me give me your thoughts first real quick uh ryan i'll let you go first what i was going to say is instead of taking tevin cole or or uh, delvin cook here um i want to say there are three three picks six Three picks to finish off the fourth round after us, and then three picks to start off the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Do we think that Dalvin Cook could possibly make it to the fifth round with the I, with the tight? I end? think Dalvin Cook will be there in the fifth. You think he'll be there? So, could we take Greg Olson, who's always who always has been a solid, who's been an extremely solid tight end the last couple of years, and has been uh, um, Cam Newton's top, basically top target, um, even with Kelvin Benjamin there. You know, if we were to go maybe Greg Olson and then look at Dalvin Cook in the you know in the next round.
3: I would agree if he's there. So I would say mine is the riskier of the two picks. Okay,
2: so if Greg is there, take Greg Olson and then hope that Dalvin Cook makes it the six more picks to us. Yep. I'm I'm good with that. Greg? Sounds good. So we draft Greg Olson. And look who is still there, Dalvin Cook. Nice. Tevin Coleman is actually still there as well um, on here it's telling us to take uh you know it's it says that Mark Ingram should be our top pick, um, but no in terms of yeah i I'd, I'd agree that you know taking the rookie is is risky as our top uh, as our top running back in dalvin cook um, we're definitely going on that zero r b strategy with, with this uh, very right, very zero which, RB. Which, well let's and let's be honest in standard that's not necessarily. I mean, that's not very often seen. Um, I've, I've used it effectively. Um, it's, this is more of a, a PPR strategy, but I still think that this could work. So if we were to take, if we were to take Dalvin Cook here, since he's the most likely to um, get carries, um, I'll be honest, I'm not, I mean, there's some interesting characters that we could still take down the road that could provide a lot of, uh, provide a lot of value, so. Um, so we're going to take a, we're going to take a little risk here and go with Dalvin Cook. And I'm sure that there are a ton of people right now that are just absolutely freaking out when they watch this or when they listen to this, um, saying, what in the world are you guys thinking?
3: I would say on Mark Ingram, do you think you haven't seen his best yet? (laughs) Is this, is this the year it's going to blossom with an older, an older Drew Brees fewer weapons in the passing game, and he's a year older? I don't think so.
1: And a future Hall of Famer, quote-unquote, sitting in his back. Right.
3: I, I don't see it. I mean, if, if you don't see – I mean, I if, Cook might well be a bust because he's a Florida State guy. You don't know what you're getting out of it.
1: But, <laughs> well, Carlos Williams was a Florida State guy too.
3: Right. Yeah. There's my point, right? So, I mean, the, the – but how many touches are they going to get relative – And who has the unknown potential? You've already seen what the other guys can do. All
2: right. Um, We're going to take Dalvin – oh, that's another week. (laughs) Uh, All right, we're going to take Dalvin Cook. There it is. Dalvin Cook is our running back one.
3: If he ends up rookie of the year, we're going to do a special just about that. (laughs) Uh,
2: Okay, so after Dalvin Cook, uh, then Doug Martin, um, who's missing the first at least three games because of suspension. Uh, Tyreek Hill – Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Ty Montgomery, Matt Ryan, Corey Davis at the end of uh, uh, round five with Michael Crabtree to start off uh, number six or to start the sixth round. You had Delaney Walker, Tevin Coleman, Mark Ingram fell all the way down there. Uh, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Graham and Derek Carr. So we have obviously, um, you know, before the run on quarterbacks went, we already got ours um, so we are a little bit out in front of the pack here. It'll be interesting. Really, it'll be interesting to see how this all turns out for us when it, when it grades us in the very end. So, all right. Uh, what we have left, we still have a, um, a flex spot. Um, and we'll pick all of our bench spots before we even think about DST or kicker. Um, we've got, so we've got a running, we need a running back spot and a wider spot. So here's the running backs available. Frank Gore, Bilal Powell, Amir Abdullah, Paul Perkins, Danny Woodhead. Those are the top ones available. In terms of wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, Martavis Bryant, Dante Moncrief. (laughs) Um, I think, I mean, if you go, if we go to running back, I like. This may sound funny. I like Frank Gore, one because of the value. Um, he's he's going to be given the ball a lot, and what we could do is not necessarily a handcuff type situation, but more of drafting a total backfield. Is look at, know uh, um, oh, who is the guy down down below that they drafted. Um, man, who was it? I should know this. Anyways, um, the rookie out of – I want to say it was Florida International. Was that Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack, there we go, yes. So, Frank Gore, uh, maybe look at drafting Marlon Mack down, down the road. Maybe it's like our last guy. Uh, no, won't, he won't last because he's number 56 in terms of running back. So, um, I like – I think Amir uh, – or uh, Frank Gore, due to this being a standard league, he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to get close to that 1,000 yards. Um okay. You know, I, I like him. Or it's either going that or Amir Abdullah. I like Abdullah too, personally. So
1: I would prefer to go Frank Gore, personally, because... The injury history. The injury history with Amir Abdullah. And when you think Indianapolis Colts, you think a little bit more balanced. Uh, when you think Detroit, you think throwing the rock all over the field. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think... At any point, Detroit would be a run-first offense, um, which is why I'm not sold on Amir Abdullah. So, if I can to fill out my roster, I think the safer bet is to go with Frank Gore, who has found his way to a thousand yards every year. So, to okay. me, it's Frank Gore.
3: I, I would agree. I would go with Frank Gore uh, in that position. I think the relative value. Um, who else is going to get the ball? You know, type of argument. I like it. All right. So we took
2: Frank Gore. After that was Tyler Eifert, Bilal Powell, Cam Newton, Martellus Bennett, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marcus Mariota. So we have um, our two our two running backs, our two wide receivers. We are looking at a flex um, at this point. Um, and so what we have available is – at running back, we have Amir Abdullah, Paul Perkins, Danny Woodhead, Robert Kelly, and Samaje Perine. Uh, wide receiver, we have Larry Fitzgerald, Martavis Bryant, Dante Moncrief, Stephen Diggs, and Jamison Crowder. Um, I mean, I like Larry Fitzgerald, but I how how much longer can can Fitz keep going? He's going well. Here's the deal: He is going to be the top target, no matter who's the quarterback in Arizona. It doesn't matter if it's going to be if it's going to be Carson Palmer. He's still going to throw the ball to his safety net and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, who is it? Drew Stanton is their backup. When he when he's the quarterback, he's targeting Larry Fitzgerald even more. So I really think that Larry Fitzgerald is probably our best bet um, at this point for for. Uh, for uh, our flex position who could, I mean, and depending, uh, you know, depending on what happens, he could also move into that wide receiver two spot.
3: Well, and there's, there's, if this were a PPR league, he wouldn't even be there. Right. I mean, he's guaranteed not to be there. So um, I, I think it's a good relative value there. I think it's, you know, you see all the same names that we confronted with the last pick. They're all kind of still here right now. He's the most sure thing of the group. So that's what I would do.
1: Yeah, the point I want to make is if you would have told me that I could get Larry Fitzgerald as our seventh pick, I would climb on board. So, to me, let's go.
2: All right. So, there's Larry Fitzgerald. So, after Fitzgerald, oh, gosh, what are people thinking? All right. Um, (laughs) After Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Hunter Henry, another tight end, goes off the board. Um, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Rudolph, O.J. Howard. All right. I'm going to say that O.J. This. Howard went before. <laughs> I'm going to say this again, and again, I've I mentioned this before. Um, give credit to the Eat Sleep Fantasy Podcast. They actually had one of the, um, one of the Tampa Bay Beat writers on their podcast to talk about O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. O. j. Howard is still behind Cameron Braid, and he's not even close to overtaking Cameron Braid. People need to stop taking O.J. Howard above the number six tight end in fantasy football last year. Cameron Brate is still going to be the number one tight end because O.J. Howard, while he is crazy athletic, has only seven touchdowns to his name in college football and did not have a well, – I think he had one season over 600 yards receiving. So he wasn't utilized as a tight end. He was a blocking guy. Alabama was a running team. I'm still not sold on OJ Howard. I think he's a great dynasty pick, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a a solid contender to be a starting tight end, especially a tight end one. Not going to happen. Okay, I'm off. Yes. I'm off my soapbox. Uh, seven, nine. Uh, Brandon Marshall, then Jamison Crowder, Jameis Winston, and then Martavis Bryant to round out the seventh. Uh, the eighth round: Amir Abdullah, Kelvin Benjamin, Danny Woodhead, Paul Perkins. Deshaun Jackson, oh, he didn't make it. Kareem Hunt was taken eight six. I was hoping he would make it to the eighth to our pick in the eighth round, um, because I think that Kareem Hunt takes over Spencer Ware's position by midseason. Uh, then Derrick Henry and Dante Moncrief. So here we go in round eight. Let's uh, kind of refresh who our start, who our team is. We actually have all of our starters except for our our defense and kicker, which we'll take with our last two picks. So we've got. Uh Tom Brady, uh, as our quarterback. Our two running backs are Dalvin Cook and Frank Gore. Our wide receivers are Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Our tight end is Greg Olson, and our flex is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, this is—that's <laughs> a killer team. This is a, this. Well, I was going to say this is a this is a. We need a little help in the running back
1: spot, but a, that's still dream. solid.
2: Well, and let's you know if you go to you know Sean Siegley, who's credited with the original. Um, you know, with being the guy that really brought the the no the zero RB strategy um, to to light, one of my he personal said, heroes. He would say, <laughs> "This is great. This is exactly the way you want to go because then you want to make sure you get all these uh, a whole bunch of running backs who have the the chance to take over." Mm-hmm. Yep. So,
1: or have a very injury-prone
2: starter in front of them. Yeah. So you you want to look at at the possibility moves so. Here's, here's what gets interesting. So our top two running backs that are available to us are Robert Kelly and Samaje Perrine, the two guys who are supposed to be fighting it out for the starting position in Washington. Which one do you take? Because there have been reports that Samaje Perrine is – they're throwing everything at him and that he very well could take over – they basically drafted him to try to take over Robert Kelly's position. He had a stud, he had a, an, an amazing combine, You know, be, was beating linemen in terms of the bench press reps, um, is a freak of an athlete in terms of just his bulk and his size, can run people over. Robert Kelly showed showed some flashes last year of being a solid ball carrier, so which one do we take?
1: Greg. Go for it, Greg. <laughs>
3: uh, you know... It's even a little too many rookies for my taste. I mean, I can see the argument for Perrine, but I think you know Rob Kelly's the the safer of the two. But I I don't know. Um, I could see it. I could see given what we've done to this point, we need a lot of upside potentially off the bench. Perrine's the pick.
2: Okay. Well, and and so here just just so that we've got just so we know the rest of our options. Uh, farther down uh, our running backs are Robert. So we got Robert Kelly and Smaje Perrine. Then Jonathan Stewart, Matt Forte, and Theo Riddick. No. So, all right, uh, Justin.
1: Uh, I to me, I'm leaning a little bit towards Robert Kelly. Um, I don't want to get two rookies on our roster personally, but now that we're in the bench, I don't know. Uh, the only to to me, just looking at 2016 for Rob Kelly, he had a total of seven touchdowns, six on the ground, one in the air. Um, that's solid numbers. Uh, will Will P Ryan be able to do the same? I I don't know. Um, but to me, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Robert Kelly. I do want to get a running back here from Washington. Um, because one of the two will really be the starter.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, he did finish. What was it? It 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 took him till was it week seven, six or seven to finally take over the position himself. And at that point he had what, 700, he finished with 704 yards. Only if, I mean, he had a 4.2 average, which is, I mean, which is pretty good. Um, You know, you get above that four and you're, you know, you're, you're in solid position. I, I don't know. He's yeah, he's a safer pick, but I'm not necessarily always prone to go with the safer pick. So. You're the tiebreaker. Go for it. We're gonna go. With, we're gonna go with Perrine. and I'm sh- again. I know that we're actually we're gonna absolutely be getting reamed over the coals for this in our in our comments. But again, everyone's gonna have different opinions. Everyone's gonna view things differently. The only way to tell who's right and who's wrong is when you see it at the end of the season. All this is conjecture. I love what uh, was it, is it was it Evan Silva or someone who said? Um, everyone is a was it was it uh, all the every was it, everyone's a everyone's a fantasy football expert just not everyone's quite as correct as everyone else so, yeah pretty much really i mean everyone's a fantasy football so you have to you have to decide it
1: on the on the field at the end so well and and one random note that i want to put in here is when it comes to rookies, don't draft a rookie tight end no um it just doesn't happen. Um, unless your name is Rob Gronkowski, and that's obviously because he does had, what Gronk does. Well, but, because he had Tom Brady throwing to him. And he had Tom Brady throwing to him. But the, but the other thing is it's I feel it's easier to grab a rookie running back than necessarily a w- rookie wide receiver. Um, I think there's a little bit more um, history of a rookie being more impactful as a running back than a wide receiver personally. So I – as much as I like Rob Kelly, I'm not too upset about the p pick. All right.
2: So, moving on. So, we have two running backs and a backup. We have two wide receivers and a flex, a tight end, and a quarterback. So, here's where we get into some interesting situations. Because our next – we start dealing with, with bye weeks. But, again, we get far enough – um, the next two guys, Jonathan Stewart and Matt Forte, both have week 11 bye weeks, which is the same as Frank Gore. By the time you get to week 11, we may not even have Frank Gore. Jonathan Stewart and Matt Forte may both be injured. So um, the other thing that we could do, uh, so that's that's our our running backs available, Jonathan Stewart, Matt Forte, CJ Proseis, Latavius Murray is the quote-unquote handcuff for Dalvin Cook. Um, and then wide receiver, we've got uh, some guys with some upside in Devontae Parker, Cameron Meredith, Corey Coleman, no, he'll fall on a football and get hurt again, uh, Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace. So that's what we're kind of looking at there. We don't need to look at a quarterback. Once you draft one, you're good. You can always find a backup or you can always find a bye week replacement later on in the season. So um, so yeah, so again, running backs that we have available, Stewart, Forte, ProSize, Murray, um, and then at wide receiver, Devontae Parker, Cameron Meredith, Corey Coleman, Jeremy Macklin, and Mike Wallace. So um, I like Devonte Parker. I think that he very well could be uh, in for a in for a big season this year. Um, there's a lot of a lot of hype coming out of Miami, but there's always a lot of hype coming out of Miami. So.
3: Um, I think he's probably the safer of the two between him and Cameron Meredith simply because you don't know what Beaker's chemistry is going to be with the guys on the field. Um, You know, for all you know, um, you know, Beaker's going to find a healthy Kevin White and, you know, that ends up being the steal of the draft, right? So uh, there's a little bit more risk in taking, I think, Meredith over over Parker. I would go with Parker, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, to me, it's, Right here, it's either Parker or Proceis. Um, There's a lot of hype. Obviously, we've talked about it, Nauseam, about the, the Dolphins. The the part that I want to say about C.J. Proceis is look who he has in front of him. Thomas Rawls was plagued with injuries last year and was borderline effective when he was healthy. The other piece is um, Eddie Lacy, with a better offensive line last year, struggled mightily. Uh, as a running back, he's now going to a worse situation in Seattle um, from a running back perspective in terms of blocking on the line. Uh, I think prosize would be a nice bet to, to be an impactful player later in the season, but I like Parker here uh, as a wide receiver. Okay,
2: here's the thing. A lot of people think that Eddie Lacy struggled last year, and he actually didn't. He had thirty six or 360 yards. For a 5.1 yards per carry average, the problem was because of his weight, he hurt. He he had problems with his ankles, so he was playing pretty well. He just couldn't keep the weight off. So, yes, I, I understand that he's going to a worse situation with the with the um with the offensive line. Um, I fear Eddie Lacy injury more than I fear. Um, Eddie Lacey, not performing to be completely honest. So I'm, I would be, I mean, CJ Procise is going to have a role in the offense, but again, you're also looking at more uh, with Procise, you're looking at more injury proneness, I guess would be the word to say there. So okay. I like, I mean, I think Devonte Parker um, solidifying up the wide receivers. And then after this, I mean, once you have, I mean, with two running backs and a flex, or sorry, two wide receivers in a flex. Uh, your flex is a wide receiver, and having another solid one wider in in Devonte Parker. After that, I'm fine to just go down with, you know, picking running backs down the rest of the way, um, just because we have such a solid wide receiver core. Because our running backs are somewhat shaky. I guess would be the nice way to say it. I'm fine to just look for who's got the best upside as far as you go down the rest of the way. But that's that's me. So uh, we'll go ahead and draft Devontae Parker. Okay, so after Parker went – oh, wait, well, here. We did Samadji Perrine, then it went Stefan Diggs, Theo Riddick, Willie Sneed. Oh, that's a name that we overlooked. Um, Robert Kelly, Pierre Garçon, Eric Decker. Then we took uh, Devontae Parker. So after Parker went Latavius Murray. Kenneth Dixon out of Baltimore, who will be starting the season with a four-game suspension. Uh, Jamal Williams out of Green Bay. Jeremy Macklin. Zach Ertz. Our first defense takens, the Denver Broncos. Um, then Rashard Matthews out of Tennessee. Randall Cobb. Man, Randall Cobb all the way down at the end of round nine in a 12-team league. That is – that's low. Uh, Matt Forte. Started off round ten, Jeremy Hill, CJ Prosser, then the Seattle Seahawks defense, Terrence West, Mike Wallace, Corey Coleman, and then our third defense, the Kansas City Chiefs. So for running backs, um, for running backs, we've got Jonathan Stewart, James White, Duke Johnson, Thomas Rawls, and Jamal Charles. Then uh, at wide receiver, we have Cameron Meredith, Jordan Matthews, Kenny Britt, and John Brown, um, and Tyrell Williams. That's another name to look at. I think that he could have a pretty good year, um, especially if uh, if their rookie, Mike Williams, is still having back issues once we're going into the season. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we got. Again, running backs that we have available. Stewart, who was available last round. Um, then we've got uh, – uh, White, Duke Johnson, Thomas Rawls, Jamal Charles, and the wide receivers Cameron Meredith, Jordan Matthews, Kenny Britt, John Brown, Tyro Williams. So, uh, Greg, do you have any preference there?
3: Do you know what? Do you know, out of curiosity, the next few names on that running back list. Who comes out of that after that that bag of crap you just handed me?
2: After Jamal Charles, we've got G- Giovanni Bernard, who's coming off of a who's coming off of torn ACL. You have Darren Sproles that you, who knows how much he's going to be used in Philadelphia. You have the rookie Joe Williams, who many think will actually take over for Carlos Hyde because no one thinks that Carlos Hyde will stay um, uh-huh. with all the problems that, that he's had with injuries over the last couple of years. I know that we had a report that we announced earlier um, in the, in the season about how the, the new brass in um, the new brass in San Francisco does not like Carlos Hyde, uh, and so I could see going. I mean, at this point, once you have your starters, it's all again, it's all conjecture. So I could see um, the possibility of going uh, with uh, a Joe Williams, um, and then a after,
1: third rookie running back.
2: Yeah, why not? And Alvin Kamara, Dion Lewis, Marlon Mack, which is another rookie. But again, we're, look at the rookies that we're getting. The rookies that we're getting are going to be competitive for starting positions. They're gonna play. They were drafted oh, yeah. for a reason. Or specifically are in
3: situations where they have a bad starter. Yeah. So,
2: so wait, let's see. Well, our only rookies so far, our only two rookie. We only have Delvin Cook and Samajay Prane. So that's only two rookies so far. So, um, so yeah. So that's that's the that's the running back list. So,
3: if it were me. Based on what – versus what you told me, there are some quote-unquote safer picks, but those are turds. Um, th- when it comes to potential, again, upside, guys who can get into flex positions, I start looking more at, at Joe Williams then.
1: Okay. Justin. Um, this late, I I really like Tyrell Williams. Um, one of the things that uh, – he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year um yes there were injuries uh throughout the wide receiver core um for the chargers last year which kind of led to him emerging but 69 catches 1059 yards and seven touchdowns i think that is a steal this late in the draft to have a thousand yard receiver still on the board i think that's an option But we're very, very stacked at the wide receiver side of things. So I have no problem going with Joe Williams, who I honestly think may even be the day one starter if these reports coming out of San Francisco continue to stay the same.
2: All right. So we'll go with Joe Williams. And everyone's laughing at us because, you know, Jonathan Stewart goes right after us. All right, Jonathan Stewart, then James White, Kenny Britt out of Cleveland went, Eric Ebron, tight end, uh, Jordan Matthews, and then Jack Doyle goes eleven three. So just to remind everyone who we have, for, especially for those who are just joining us, possibly uh, saw we had a few extra few new people on Twitter. So um, on our draft so far, we have, Ah, uh, Tom Brady is our quarterback. Our running backs, since we took uh, kind of a zero wide or a zero running back strategy, uh, uh, our running backs are Dalvin Cook and Frank Gore. Our wide receivers are Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Our tight end is Greg Olson. Our flex is Larry Fitzgerald, and our um, bench so far is Samaje Perine, Devontae Parker, and Joe Williams. So two, uh, two running backs and a wide receiver. I'd be fine to pick up maybe one or two more running backs. I don't ever pick up a second quarterback or a second tight end. So if we wanted to maybe get two more running backs and another wide receiver, and then hit our our DST and kicker, we'll just kind of randomly hit whoever whoever best available at the time is. I'm fine to go that way. So, all right. Um, so if we want to if we want to look if we want to maybe look at uh, a wide receiver who could possibly step in up into that flex role, Cameron Meredith is still available. John Brown is still available. I don't like John Brown, honestly, because of his in- because of he's had injury history with his hamstrings um, last year, having the, you know, the, the thing come up with the sickle cell trait could be um, could cause some issues again with his uh, endurance this next season. Plus, uh, Arizona drafted. We already have. We already have uh, Larry Fitzgerald. So, um, Tyro Williams is the number three wide receiver available. Then Adam Thielen and Quincy and out uh, at a, the New York Jets. And I believe a will probably be the number one wide receiver for the Jets, but he's got no one to throw to him. So, going back to running backs, uh, Duke Johnson, Thomas Rawls, Jamal Charles are still available. Giovanni Bernard. Darren Sproles, Alvin Kamara, Deion Lewis, Marlon. So all those guys that we basically talked about in our last one are still available. Um, the computer here tells us to take Thomas Rolls, um, Jamal Charles, or to possibly draft uh, our defense with the Houston Texans. So, um, personally, right here, I'm I'm good to go with uh, Justin's last uh, Justin's last thoughts on uh, on Tyra Williams to pick up uh, another really solid wide receiver that we know can get the job done.
3: Yeah, I think at this point, if we're going to you know, be open to their positions and Williams is absolutely the pick that you take, I will say that this points out the fact that the last pick we made is the right pick, and the reason is that all that same crap is still there later on.
0: It's still there.
3: Right? Yeah. And so if that's the case, I mean, that's just sifting through, right? And that's, fine. that's finding true value. You're getting it backed up by computers and the quote-unquote experts. So we just saw it early. Uh,
1: one, one name that I want to ask about really quickly, Ryan, because I, I haven't heard his name said yet, is has Josh Dotson or Doxon been drafted yet?
2: Uh, I seriously doubt it. Uh, no, he's number 55. So here's, here's, here's the leftover wide receivers. Cameron Meredith, John Brown, Tyrell Williams, Adam Thielen, Quincy Inunua, Marvin Jones, Brashad Perriman, Mike Williams, and Josh they there at 55. Um, Other names that I, to be honest, other names that I like um, in terms of wide receivers, uh, Sterling Shepard is still available. Zay Jones is still available. He's a guy I really like. I think could be, you know, especially if Watkins can't stay healthy, Zay Jones will be the number one wide receiver in Buffalo because there's no one else to do it. So.
1: I like. (sighs) Here's what I'll say. As much as I like Tyrell Williams, um, there is a slew of wide receivers there uh, for the Chargers. It's obviously, two real number ones in front of him. Um, so I would lean towards Zay Jones a little bit, um, completely forgetting that he was still there in Buffalo. Yeah, but Though they are like the a run-first offense Could could splash a little bit, uh, especially if Sammy Watkins goes down.
2: I think I think if we were to go Tyrell Williams, maybe take another running back and then see if Zay. I mean, honestly, I think Zay Jones in this draft will go undrafted. To be completely honest, with how far down he is,
1: I'm fine with that idea.
2: Mm -hmm, So if we if we take Tyrell Williams, then you know, and then we just you know, if this is our actual league, we uh, you know, we just put Zay Jones on our waiver wire watch. So. Um, so we'll go with, we'll go with Tyrell Williams by week, week nine. Let's we're still doing good there. So, all right. So we've got Tyrell Williams. So our backups are Samaje Perine, Devonte Parker, Joe Williams, and Tyrell Williams. Um, so after we took Tyrell Williams, John Brown, Jamal Charles, Jaquiz Rogers, the Houston Texans defense, Cameron Meredith, Duke Johnson, Andy Dalton, and Adam Thielen round out round 11, uh, round 12, we had uh start off with the Arizona Cardinals defense. Then Kenny Stills, Mike Williams, Julius Thomas, CJ Fedorowitz, Kobe Fleener, New England's defense, and Jared Cook. So a lot of those tight ends have been flying the last couple rounds. So in terms of running backs, we still have all the same crap is still available there. Thomas Rawls, Giovanni Bernard, Darren Sproles, Alvin Kamara, um, I, would, I like Alvin Kamara, but he's buried underneath both Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. It would take an injury for him to get it, it would take two injuries for him to see significant time. Um, we've got Marlon Mack as the possible handcuff, which for me, it's not so much. I saw an article, it's not so much handcuffing as if, if you are drafting um, basically team running backs. So it would be like drafting Freeman and Tevin Coleman because both of them are extremely productive. Um, you know, that's one way to look at it. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, in terms of names that I like down the rest, of, I mean, it's, it, they're all dart throws basically the rest of the way down in the running backs. So, you know, Marlon Mack, Chris Thompson, who's really just a third down back. Shane Vereen, who's a third down back. Rex Burkhead, who would have been a great pick had they not taken Mike Gillisley from Buffalo, Burkhead would have been a solid guy probably who'd be going a lot earlier. Ryan
1: Matthews was, was Terrence West already taken?
2: Yes, he was taken like round eight. Okay. Um, you know, and again, it's just a, it's a bunch of backups. Wendell Smallwood I think could possibly take over the running back role in Philadelphia, but, um, you know, there, like I said, there's not a whole lot in here to get excited about. Um, you know Jeremy McNichols could be a poss- could be a possible guy who could take over for um who could take over in Tampa Bay uh because Charles Sims has proven that he is only a third down back and cannot carry the load at all um and so there's that or we just you know we can at this point we can just go wherever there's not a, i mean like i said there's not a whole lot out here
3: yeah i mean i think Frank Gore is durable enough that you know, Marlon Mack might be a nice guy to have sitting there on the bench, but he probably offers less upside uh, versus a small wood, who at one point I actually added to my roster. Granted, my running backs were, were were a disaster last year, so I actually got down the small wood last year. <laughs> so, <did> um, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so that's how you know you've already reached deep. So, if you've actually watched him play, you do know he has uh, flashes of brilliance. So, yeah, uh, I kind of like him from an upside position at this point. You know, given how strong we look in the passing game, I'm going all risk on running backs for just guys who might take over the job.
2: Okay, so Wendell Smallwood is a possibility. Justin,
1: what are your your thoughts? Uh, This late in the draft, uh, it's really a coin flip. So, to me, we need one more running back. I think Wendell Smallwood this late in the draft is the one we go with because – out of the hodgepodge of options we have currently, he's got the best shot of being a starter.
2: Uh, here's one name we didn't we I I don't know if I mentioned Jonathan Williams, who's the backup in Buffalo. Um, backups in Buffalo have shown to be productive just because they focus so much on the run game. Um, Lashawn McCoy missed at least one game this past year and is and has sat out parts of games last year. He is getting out there. He's got a lot of touches on that. Um, in terms of a, a lot of carries, a lot of catches. Um, they plan on using him a lot more this year, so who knows how much he's going to be able to hold up. That's another thought. But, I mean, I'm good to go with Wendell Smallwood because really there's no consensus number one right now in Philadelphia other than LeGarrette Blount, Who? Just- yeah, I, I,
1: I think Jonathan Williams is, is too much of a reach um, right now. Um, maybe once we get into some preseason games, maybe we see a little bit more from him, but uh, I just, I don't think there's enough with what he did last year on the field, obviously being the third running back, but still, I don't, I don't see enough there to, to warrant grabbing him. I'm perfectly fine being wrong on Jonathan Williams and grabbing Smallwood instead. All right. So when a Smallwood it is.
2: So after Wendell Smallwood, Dak Prescott, then Darren Sproles, Giovanni Bernard, Marvin Jones, Dallas Cowboys, and then Thomas Rawls finally was taken. So here's what we've got left. We've got one more bench spot and then our, our, our uh, defense and kicker. So we can honestly, if, if we wanted to take a backup tight end, we could. Um, I usually don't. Um, but here's what we got. So our our team is, again, Tom Brady at quarterback. Our running backs are Dalvin Cook and Frank Gore. Our wide receivers are Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Our tight ends are Greg Olson. Uh, our tight end is Greg Olson. And our flex is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, again, we're very receiver heavy. And then our bench is Samaje Perrine, uh, Joe Williams, and Wendell Smallwood as backup running backs. And our two... Backup wide receivers are Devonte Parker and Tyrell Williams. So again, with, there's a lot, a lot of value there in the wide receiver position. So um, here's what we have in terms of leftovers in the running back position: Alvin Kamara, Dion Lewis, Marlon Mack, Chris Thompson, Shane Vereen, Rex Burkhead, Ryan Nelson So again, a lot of garbage that we've already been talking about. Wide receivers available. Quincy and Inunua, Brashad Perriman, Josh Doxson, Sterling Shepard, Robert Woods, John Ross, Tyler. So again, Zay Jones is still there. Um, And then tight ends, what we have so far, what we have still available, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Cameron Brait is still available as the tight end 18. Um, Zach Miller, if we wanted to, well, another rookie would be David Njoku. We could just load up our team with rookies. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, any thoughts on what to do here? Uh, Kobe Fleener has been taken, correct? Yeah, Kobe Fleener was taken, uh, I want to say,
1: two two rounds ago. Uh, I am perfectly okay drafting a second tight end because someone like a Cameron Brait, uh, obviously this is a fictitious scenario. I would not want Cameron Brait ready for anybody to pick up off the waiver wire. Um, And currently with what is existing, there's too much upside there for Cameron Brait and having a flex position. Um, There's going to be some matchups that Cameron Brait um, can do very, very well. Um, Quincy and Nunwa is a flyer just because we don't know the, the, um, quarterback situation yet from the Jets, but they will be behind a lot True. and they're going to have to throw a lot. So he may get a lot of garbage yards. Um, so that might be an option. Those are kind of the two that stand out to me currently.
3: I agree hundred percent. I kind of lean more towards the wide receiver. Um, that's just me uh, because of, you know, we're already set at tight end. Yep. Yeah. I know the wide receiver could click. You know, he could end up filling a flex role. Whatever. He's he's more uh, likely to be flex. You know, within my lineup, something that I can break out in a week-to-week basis. Going with a wide receiver versus the tight end uh, on a matchup basis. So I would go with Nunoa at uh, from the Jets.
2: All right. So Quincy Nunois. is. All right. And again, I'm sure people are. I'm. I'm honestly surprised we haven't had a ton of comments. Um, on Twitter or even in Facebook, because uh, I—I mean, I can see we've got at least five people watching us right now on uh, on Twitter. I'm surprised we have not been raked over the coals for some of these picks
3: because they're brilliant.
2: <laughs> they're great picks. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so now at this point, um, Skull King Nation titles, baby. There we That's go. Right. <laughs> uh, so DST and kicker. We'll take our kicker last. So here's uh, the the defenses available. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, the Baltimore Ravens, Philadelphia Eagles, Jacksonville Jaguars, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, yeah, so, um, any thoughts? I mean, I, I think the Carolina Panthers could uh, could rebound a little bit and have a little bit better year this year on defense. Um, can okay, can you run through those once again? So we got uh, the Panthers, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, LA Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of crappy defenses out there. The
3: the AFC Ugly has a lot of defenses in there. So I would look for what is, you know, historically the, one of the best there is, which is, which is Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh could, I think that Pittsburgh could possibly uh, have a little bit better. um,
3: You played Cleveland twice. That's true. And Baltimore twice, and Cincinnati twice, and all three of those teams have shit offenses. <laughs> I mean, when you get down to it, I mean that's that's really what you look at. It's like, what what do those games always look like? Thirteen, ten. You know, yep. so you get you don't get breakout performance, but it's solid, consistent week in week out.
1: Yeah, give
2: uh,
3: me just one. Oh,
1: go. Ahead. I'm leaning a little more towards the Baltimore Ravens personally. Um, I. Don't want to touch the Los Angeles Rams with a 10 foot pole, um, at all. Um, I think um, were were the Falcons already taken? I'm trying to think outside of my head.
2: Honestly, here's here's the way I look at it. Because I'm a stream defenses type of guy, I take the Pittsburgh Steelers because they start Week One against the Browns.
3: Ah, I got it right. Oh, there we go. Wasn't even looking, dude. Wasn't even looking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I went and looked it up. I was like, "Well, let's see who do they actually play first? So I mean, I'm I will I'm fine to take the Pittsburgh Steelers simply because of their first their first week, and then from there, just you stream anyone who plays the Browns. We add the Jets and we add the Bears to that, and I think those three teams
1: you always and the Forty ers maybe and the Forty
2: Nine well. Yeah, the 49ers offense I can kind of see that so um, all right, so we're going to draft the Pittsburgh Steelers defense because again, we're looking at matchups. we we don't you know look for the one team to carry us the whole season. So we're going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as our as our defense and one of the most pointless positions, which is why it's drafted last the court, the, the kicker. All right, so Matt Bryant out of out of Atlanta, Mason Crosby out of Green Bay. Adam Vinatieri out of Indianapolis or Cairo Santos out of Kansas City. Really, you've got um, guys that are in highly producing offenses. In you know Bryant in Atlanta, the only thing that I Atlanta again Bryant kicks indoors, mm-hmm. which is another thing to look at. Uh, Mason Crosby has been solid every year in that Green Bay offense. Um, That scores all the time. So he's, you know, he's guaranteed practically guaranteed for at least three or four points just off of touchdown extra points. Um, Adam Vinatieri again solid kicks indoors. Cairo Santos has a massive boot who's been pretty solid. So um, I personally probably go Bryant here. I don't, yeah, what, Brian, I don't know we're going to debate kicker?
3: Debate I, I actually think we should drag it out for about 15 minutes here because uh, <laughs> we're getting into some of the fine points of the game, which at the end of the day, uh, the highest scoring players in the history of the NFL are what? That's right, kickers. Kickers. Um, who are the guys who actually are come on to win the game most often at the end of the game? That's <laughs> right, kickers. But they catch a lot of crap for... Be in the bell of the ball every week, but whatever. Who, who swings more more games in Vegas than anybody else? That's right, kickers. But I would say, um, you know, that, yeah, we could definitely go with Bryant in Atlanta. Um, I, I, I'm a former Bears fan, so I inherently hate Green Bay. Um, but it's kind of hard to go against Crosby. I think the, the Packers are going to score more this year than they did last year.
1: Yeah, to me, that's where I go, Crosby. Uh, Matt Bryant did solid wonders for me last year, uh, but I just don't see Atlanta being the same offensive powerhouse this year as they were last year. Once again, we've touched on it a little bit with the with the new offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I think Green Bay is going to be on offensive juggernaut, is going to be able to run – or is going to be able to get the ball in the red zone more often. I think Mason Crosby, the only – thing that I would say is it kicks outdoors but either one uh I'd say you're the you're the coin flip here Ryan
2: Uh we we went with Crosby so Okay sweet All right so according to you know okay this is how you know you had a great draft. You know how you know that? When Fantasy Pros after you finish your draft gives you a C minus. You know that There you, we go. You know that you rock your if you ever have an A in your draft from Fantasy Pros, or if you're doing a mock draft on Yahoo or ESPN and they give you a salt, like a great grade, you're in trouble because you have a whole bunch of guys that are either gonna
1: get injured or bust.
3: Yeah, all you no, do is or you them.
1: have or you have two quarterbacks and two tight ends and you don't need that. Correct.
3: Right.
2: Yeah, we, we have we according according to this, we have the worst bench Um, of anyone in the uh, of any of the 12 picks so all right so one last time let me actually pull up the team but we have the best starting seven
3: (laughs) in my draft where I went number one overall I took um, so I took David Johnson first because you have to be a moron not to and Mm -hmm. that uh, number one in the second round I took Tom Brady and that brought Aaron Rodgers immediately as the pick after that which was kind of funny
2: interesting so yeah so we our strongest position obviously is wide receiver our weakest position is obviously running back so uh, really
3: no <laughs> really that's so, an opinion
2: all right so here here's our ranks at each position we are number 1 in wide receivers in the league in, in this in this group of 12 that we drafted number 2 in quarterbacks number 4 in tight ends number 5 in kickers number 9 in flex 10 in DST 12th in running backs and 12th in bench. So, so that means we should have a really solid season with that team. So, yeah. um, All right. So yeah, that, that uh, finishes it off for this, um, for this, uh, for this mock draft, we will be doing more of these as we get closer to, especially in the draft season, closer to the regular season. Um, We'll do some, we'll do a PPR draft. We'll kind of, Maybe do another couple of these, maybe one since we finished. What was that one? That was from the fourth position. Fourth maybe position. Would, I think it would be good to do one from the first and another one from the twelfth. Just you know, learning. Twelve action. sucks. Uh, yeah, it does. I. But
1: one sucks too.
2: I found out yeah. that in in Scott Fishbowl, I am the twelfth pick. So I, you know, twelve and out of twelve. So
3: I'd rather to be twelve than one.
2: Yeah. So you know, I've. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, since, uh, quarterbacks are super flexes, they, uh, I, apparently they leave off the board really fast. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I'll be setting up a couple of mock drafts for myself
1: on there. You may get Antonio Brown with the 12th pick. No, <laughs> yeah, you got to go top rated there.
2: Honestly, be number one, honestly, what very well, um, very well may happen is I could probably get something like a J.J. A, a J. Jordan Howard, you know, one-two punch for running back and then just kind of see where everything else goes from there. So, who knows? I'm still looking at how I want to actually do it and what will actually be available. So, um, all right, that's it for – that's all I've got. So, Justin? Uh,
1: this has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Vox, DFS, Fire Alliance, and Bluehost. Forgot to mention them a little bit earlier, but thank you for joining us for this mock draft from the fourth position in a standard league once again this is skulking fantasy football signing off all right we'll talk to you guys later
2: hey skulking nation thank you for listening to the skulking football podcast Did you like this episode if so be sure to go to itunes stitcher google play and youtube to subscribe also please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues